If there's one thing I understand, it's binge eating. As a young teen, I struggled with it. I struggled with food. I struggled with my body image and I completely understand it now. Back then, I had no idea what was going on. I did not know why I was so tied down and every minute of the day, my thoughts revolved around food. It was crazy. And to be honest, if you're suffering with this and you're still struggling with this concept and you don't understand what's happening, seek help. This podcast is for information purposes only and I do want to highlight that if you do have any issues, please speak to a specialist, go to some mental health communities or a psychologist. This is just for me to express how I managed my own binge eating disorder and what I did and what I think about it as well because not a lot of people out there speak about it. So I hope this is informative but at best this is not to diagnose, treat or cure or fix anyone. This is simply just information purposes only. Recently I found that I've been able to connect with my body and my food in a really trusting and healthy way and by healthy I mean that I'm not fixated on food 24-7. My thoughts don't revolve around food 24-7. I don't have FOMO and I also don't have any emotional trigger that really triggers me to eat more food or overconsume food. I want to define binge eating as well because I think Sometimes binge eating gets passed on as, oh, I just ate an extra piece of chocolate or I had an extra piece of fruit or I had a bit of more rice in my meal. It's not just the once-off occasion. It's the constant ongoing eating the second and a third plate of food and it's the guilt and the shame also afterwards. There's times where you actually eat alone and you hide your food from people or you store food in your room like little snacks and treats here because you're embarrassed about people seeing what you're eating or how much you're actually eating. It's a lot to cope with. And if you don't know how to manage your food and your body and your relationship with the food and your body, then you actually end up in this like monster. It's a hole. It's a monster hole. (laughs) And you feel like you can't escape from it. In Australia, the Australian government and government institution, the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, actually diagnoses or classes eating disorders as a mental illness. And it's say, they say that it's typically characterized by problems associated with disordered eating or body weight control and severe concern with body weight or shape. And that is what I found when I had the most terrible relationship with food was that I felt out of control with my weight and my body weight in some way. And I do want to keep saying binge eating is not just a once-off occasion. It's not just the one extra piece of chocolate. It's not just one extra plate of food. It's not just once off. It's the ongoing. And they actually um, class it in this paper as an ongoing like three-month repeat offense every single day type of thing. So it's very different from just basic overeating on the once-off occasion that you have with your family dinners and you eat a second plate of food, which is fine. You know, you're with family. Um, But for binge eaters and people who have a disordered um, outlook on themselves and perception of their body weight and have really an unhealthy relationship with food, uh, unrealistic expectation as well with themselves and their food relationship, um, this is where we run into problems. I've been brainstorming and I kind of came up with a few different triggers that I believe relate to binge eating. And one of them is food FOMO, so fear of missing out. And for a time and the reason why I bring this up is because I had this experience so I understand this quite well is the fear of missing out of social occasions and also missing out on life it's this weird thought process binge eaters often feel like they're going to miss out from something if they don't have that right now the thought of having that later or having it as a leftover 
or perhaps the day after is not a logical thought pattern. It's kind of like, I eat this now or I never get to experience this again. It's really impulsive. So food FOMO is something that I believe that binge eaters probably do experience. There is not a lot and enough research to definitely say this is for sure. But in my experience, I know that when you're in social situations and social occasions, the it's not it's not even really fear. It's just more you don't want to be you don't want to miss out on the fun. You don't want to miss out on enjoying it like everybody else is. You want to be part of the normality that everyone else is experiencing too. So that's what I think one of them comes down to. And it's a trigger when you're out in social situations. The other trigger, I suppose, is emotional binge eaters. Emotional binge eaters often eat to relieve stress or to feel better about something else. Um, It can also be in relation to removing this unwanted mood because food is going to make you feel better. So stress eaters and people who feel like, um, you know, when you watch movies and the, the girl's crying because her boyfriend broke up with her, that's an emotional eater. They're eating based on emotion. They're eating because they're upset or they're eating because they're angry. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard the term hangry. I used to be called hangry in the household because if I wasn't eating, I was hangry and I was in year 12 at the time. And and this was a lot later, obviously not young teen anymore, but I used to be called hangry because I'd come home from school and I was so hungry hungry angry that's why we that's where we get hangry from and I would open the fridge and just devour anything that I could find because I needed to eat to feel better to do my work and then come back down later and eat dinner again and then I'd probably have a snack later on it's a it's a really bad cycle and it's bad habits the other thing that I think will trigger related to binge eating is social so obviously I already talked about this and it kind of interplayed with the original one which was food FOMO So social situations and social occasions, again, food is very social. A lot of our interactions with um, people are around food and our gatherings with people we haven't seen for a while, our work colleagues, family, friends, you know, we're going to get out of this lockdown and people are going to want to catch up for brunches and breakfasts and dinners and family barbecues. People are going to want to have all this fun stuff, which is actually going to really test a lot of people because people have had been in their ways now for, if you've been in Melbourne the last five or six months, maybe longer, eight months for some. So I do want to clear this up is that social, emotional, food FOMO, they're all interrelated. The other one, the other trigger is the body image issue. Now that comes along when you see yourself in the mirror or you weigh yourself or you're looking at other people and you're comparing your body. Comparison is a thief of all joy. And I strongly believe that once I stopped comparing myself to other people, my binge eating actually really healed and it cleared up a lot and it had a, had a lot of space. There's also the notion in our society from social norms and what is accepted as beautiful. And often we feel like or pressure that we need to fit into those social constructs. So again, binge eating kind of relates to body image issues. The other one that is a trigger is feeling out of control. 
So it could be feeling out of control based on your body image. It could be feeling out of control because you want to look a certain way or out of control for some stressful situation that's happening. But usually binge eating is related to how you look, not so much something terrible happening in someone's life, um, like a traumatic situation. That might lead you to a once-off overeating situation or maybe overeating for a week or two, um, which does happen. But binge eating is ongoing, like I said before, for three months and more. This last one's not exactly a trigger. It's more related to the environment and the behavior of the environment around you. Now, I can relate to this one 100%. This is probably the one that impacted me the most. My family, huge eaters. We love food. Um, a Mediterranean background. I'm Spanish and Italian. We have amazing freaking food. So when we get together, we have beautiful dishes, cuisines of all sorts, um, mixed. And, you know, my um, cousin is actually half Spanish and Turkish. So we have Turkish dishes, Spanish dishes, Italian dishes mixed with Greek dishes because the Mediterranean all is pretty much all connected, right? We've all, we all get to have the best of all these worlds. So it's amazing. But the problem was, as I was younger, I would just eat all the time. Um, the food was too good. I could not eat it. You know, we didn't really have that concept of leftovers. We kept our food definitely, especially the, the big meals, like the lasagnas, the pastas, um, the big salads. Like we used to have this, um, we used to, we still eat it, uh, potato salad. It's called saladilla rusa and it's amazing. But the problem is, is that we didn't really save the other foods. So we didn't have the concept of leaving it for later. We had a massive lunch and then we'd like wait six hours and we'd probably eat again. (laughs) So the idea of saving food for later or eating it later, it was there, but it was only there because we had so much food that we couldn't stuff our faces anymore with it. That's the only reason why it was there. Um, and we also had so many different types of meals that we couldn't possibly eat every single one, even with 10 or 15 people over. So my relationship with food very much developed from the environment I was in. And I have the best memories of my family. I love them all. And I'm so grateful for the childhood that I had and the teenage years that I did have. But in some way, and I am thankful for this because it has taught me a lot about who I am and why I am, why I am and who I am around food. But what I want to say is that this is something that happens. Your environment can influence the way you eat and the habits you have around food. I was very fortunate enough to have parents who are very active. My mom inspired me to become a fitness instructor. She was in the the fitness industry for 30 years, very well known. Um, She went to New Zealand as well as a um, group fitness instructor of the year for Genesis, which was so exciting. Went to Les Mills, went to the um, HQ. She got to teach. It was amazing. And my mom just inspired me on so many levels, even before she went to New Zealand. And I was already teaching anyway when we went to New Zealand. Anyway, a bit of a tangent, but my dad was also very active. He used to ride every weekend, fly fishing. He um, used to go, we used to go camping, hiking, everything all the time. And I loved it. I had a fantastic freaking childhood and teenage years, but it still doesn't take away the point of having this eating disorder. And it wasn't, I wasn't diagnosed with binge eating disorder. I just knew. And now that I read the symptoms, the triggers, the behavioral traits of people with a binge eating disorder, I can relate to that. So I think the behavioral um, side of it where you grow up is very much an impact on who you are and how you develop um, as a human. So like I was saying, I was was lucky that I had parents who were active because it kind of counteracted the fact that I was eating so much food constantly all the time every day of the week. 
For some of you who are listening to this at home, lockdown may have exacerbated some of these old eating habits or potentially binge eating. And if this is you and you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, this is me, I am binge eating, I can't believe this is actually happening, don't freak out. Please don't freak out. Um, First of all, accept that what's going on, accept it, be aware of it and understand your actions. So, and I'm telling you right now, you can lie to yourself and say, I don't overeat. How can I be getting gaining weight? You can lie to yourself in that way or you can accept that you keep walking to the pantry every single night and <laughs> eating the whole bag of chips, eating the whole jar of peanut butter. I didn't deny my symptoms, but for so long, I I just pretended like it didn't mean anything. I just denied it. I was like, well, it's, it doesn't really matter. I'm not gaining weight anyway. I'm saying the same weight. Who really cares? I'm, I'm working out you know, 12 times a week because I'm teaching 12 group fitness classes. It doesn't matter. Trust me, you can over-exercise as much as you damn like, but I'm telling you right now, your relationship with food is not going to change just because you exercise more. In fact, you're going to spiral more out of control because you're telling yourself that it's okay to eat more food. It's okay that I've eaten three plates of lasagna because I've done the hardest workout ever. I can't breathe. I'm stuffed. But you keep doing that to yourself. Do you want to be doing that to yourself forever? Do you want to be in this cycle forever where you're constantly telling yourself it's okay when it's not okay? You know, I know people who are 40 and they still have this problem with food. If you're 20 years old, you are, if you are 20 right now, imagine yourself for 20 more years of this same bullshit conversation in your head about your body and about food and about life. Constantly crying after you go out or coming home and feeling guilty or eating a bag of chips and feeling guilty. You don't need to feel guilty after eating something like that. You just need to learn how to incorporate it into your day. A lot of people that I know actually binge eat on foods that are packaged, processed, highly um, compact in sugar, artificial flavors and sweeteners. If you listen to my podcast, you know I talk about this all the freaking time. Binge eating doesn't just have to be on those type of foods. You can definitely binge eat on beautiful gourmet meals or homemade meals. But the problem is, what do people go for more? People don't overeat generally just on beautiful gourmet meals. People overeat on processed and packaged foods, foods that are quick and easy. And this is where the marketing exists in society because ultimately, Big corporations who give you processed and packaged food don't care about your waistline. They care about the dollar in their pocket. So you need to realize that just because something says low sugar, low calorie, no gluten, no dairy doesn't mean it's healthier. Just because it's vegan, it also doesn't mean it's healthier. So if you are struggling right now and you are in lockdown with your food relationship, focus on the quality of foods that you're eating and stop buying the trigger foods. Stop buying the foods that make you feel like shit or spiral you out of control. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to be completely honest right now. If I was to eat peanut butter in the morning for breakfast, that would spiral me out the whole entire day. And it can happen. And it has happened sometimes during this year. And I'm being completely honest with you right now. I know my triggers. Peanut butter is my trigger. I do not eat peanut butter in the morning. I do not. Because I know as soon as that jar opens, I am done for because that peanut butter jar makes me crave that type of food, the quick and easy food more than it should. 
it's a trigger for me because peanut butter was something that I grew up with in my household as a young um, young teenager. And so peanut butter was one of those things that I couldn't stop eating. And it's just something that does something to me right now. But if I have it in the evening or if I have it as a pre-workout little snack with a bit of banana and some and some uh, strawberries, blueberries, maybe on a rice cake as well, I feel much more in control of that. And that's about learning your behaviors around food as well. This is not easy. It's not easy to work this out. It takes a lot of bloody time. But the best thing that I did was I got a coach. I worked out what I could eat and how much food I actually could eat and still enjoy life. I learned a lot more about nutrition and I learned a lot more about myself. And I started cooking for myself rather than relying on other people to cook for me as well. I gave, I, I had a lot more responsibility I place a lot more responsibility on myself in terms of my relationship with food. And when you start to realize how your body feels, you really can get in tune with it. And I think that comes down to intuitively eating as well, which as a binge eater, if you're trying to intuitively eat, it's probably going to leave you down a really negative path as well, because you already don't know what your body needs or wants. So I think getting a coach and also seeking specialist help as well with a mental health um, organization or or a specialist like psychologist around food um, and mental um, body image, sorry, would be really important and a really good first step in the right direction. Just some final thoughts. The pressure to look a certain way can also add on to this binge eating uh, conversation. So, you know, if you feel pressured to look a certain way, then you definitely have a body image issue and you need to take a step back from just looking at your body as an object. Look at your body as something that's absolutely carrying you. It's the vessel for your brain. It's moving you and your thoughts around. You're able to smell, think, feel, touch, love, express, all these beautiful, wonderful things. And you're simply um, objectifying yourself to one area of your body I don't have abs I have cellulite I've got stretch marks my arms are flabby love yourself if you don't love yourself then you cannot grow you cannot develop you cannot there is no way you can change for the better if you don't love yourself and that is the biggest thing for me this year that I have learned I am embracing myself and being unfiltered more recently especially on Instagram I'm showing up as me raw just me And if you're listening to this and you're loving this and you're feeling empowered, fucking roll with this and start changing your life now. Start making better choices. Go for quality foods. Take away the triggers. Don't buy those trigger foods. Walk past the aisle. You don't even have to go down the aisle. No one told you to walk down the aisle. Walk past it. Oh, but there's something I need in there. Well, guess what? You're still going to have to walk past it then. Just walk past it or don't even go in there. Change your food. Change your food plan so you don't have to see that aisle anymore. The best thing is not buying it. Seriously. You can incorporate it when you're ready to incorporate it. Like I have reintroduced peanut butter in my nutritional diet now because I know my behaviors. I know what triggers me off. I know what's going to set me down a downward spiral trend. I know that now. Before? No, no. No, 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 no. If you want to take control with your body image, also unfollow people. You have the power to change what you see on your social media accounts. Delete your social media accounts or simply unfollow people. Hide people's feed. If you don't want to unfollow these people, just hide their information showing up on your profile. And you can look at that on YouTube and figure that out how to do that quite easily. 
you don't need to subject yourself to any unwanted feelings or emotions just because you have social media. You can filter what you see. If this episode spoke to you and made you feel like you can actually break free from the binge and finally understand these mindless eating behaviors that you may have been experiencing, please let me know. Slide into my DMs. I love when you guys message me. It makes me feel so good and it makes me understand what content and what great content I can put out so I can keep speaking to you and understanding your pain points because ultimately if I can help you through this podcast and that is fantastic on my end and for you as well so don't be afraid to message me and let me know what you want to know or what you're curious about or what you don't understand either thanks for listening I have loved exploring this idea because it's also made me understand a lot of things about myself and reinforce why it is I do what I do but also why I've changed so much the last few months with my food and I'm so proud of myself that I can actually talk about this without getting emotional without getting triggered and speak to you about it and educate you as well so I hope you've enjoyed it don't forget to subscribe if you are listening to this show on Spotify or iTunes I'll be back on here very soon I look forward to speaking on another topic bye everyone